Hey queen, I'm Vieira Miles and this is the Holistic Sister Circle podcast, a show where we hear the stories of soulful women all over the world dedicated to sharing insight into why holistic health is the future and what women should do today to ensure they have the necessary tools and resources to bring out their inner royal roots, assess their body and remedy any illness from the comfort of their home. Y'all, we are setting the royal record straight, okay? If you'd like to connect with us further, you can follow us at The Holistic Sister Circle on Instagram and join the Holistic Sister Circle Facebook group for live interviews, collaborative Q&A, and exclusive training on how to build your wellness dream team. Now, let's dive in to this week's episode. See you on the other side. So I am so excited to have Dr. Summer Nicole here with us on the Holistic Sister Circle podcast. She is all about somatic reparenting, and she's going to be talking a lot about just the reparenting method with us today. Uh, But before we get started, I would love for you, Dr. Summer, to just talk to us more about your personal journey and what led you down this path. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I loved just hearing your story and why you're here and why you're doing this. And it feels so aligned with everything that I that I do. And I started in, in physical therapy. My doctorate is in physical therapy and really started just wanting to get to the root of people's pain. And in my Western science education, what was left out that became blaringly obvious, like in the next you know few years that I was working in orthopedics was there's a massive psychosomatic component and a nervous system component just missing from that that education in that world. And it, it was so obvious trying to just treat someone's shoulder, or just treat a hip or something like this, because most people that would come in, especially people in chronic pain, you know, there are people that were highly dysregulated, chronically dysregulated in the nervous system and, and had a lot of unresolved trauma. And mm. so- that's what, you know, I, I, I left that world and spent the next 17 years filling in the gaps of what I thought PT school left out, which really led me to three things for trauma resolution, which is somatic therapy, reparenting and nervous system regulation and, and created uh, my method, which is called somatic reparenting. And, you know, they say that we teach what we need and it's no different for me. And going through a really traumatic divorce in 2020 is when the specifically when the reparenting work got very real for me of uh, healing the the core wound of abandonment and betrayal. And I just can remember how young I felt in my grief and in my anger. And, you know, somebody that had kind of half-assed inner, inner child work for some years. <laughs> and then when it got really real for me, I spent, it was probably five or six months straight, just being with, um, connecting to reassuring and validating, you know, this inner child inside of me that felt so alone and so abandoned and rejected and and betrayed. And she needed so much of my love and my compassion and my reassurance along the way. And that's just when the work got really real for me. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and just being so vulnerable with us. Just being in physical therapy and and taking that route, uh, what does your childhood look like? <laughs> um, again, we teach what we need. <laughs> I was just sharing with you before this. I'm I'm about to do a TEDx talk in Zimbabwe next month, and that whole talk is around how my childhood trauma affected, you know, has affected my adult relationships and. 
you know, really growing up around um, you know, unpredictable caregivers, uh, neglectful, you know, caregivers, where my nervous system as a little kid, I can look back now and see it very clearly. I was in freeze a lot of the time, you know, I was like, really overwhelmed. Um, I would shut down uh, and just really isolate myself. I'd kind of just be in the room, my room playing by myself. That's alone. totally me right now. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was the same way. <laughs> and it's interesting because as I, you know, approached this, this TEDx talk, talk and being on stage, it was about a week ago where I was like, had up just a whole weekend really of like processing this and being with, you know, my inner child that would absolutely just rather not be on stage and like not have all eyes on her. So that's very real. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you know, seeing the the patterns of the nervous system throughout my childhood, it's, it's clear for me now. It's like I was very much in, in freeze um, a lot of the time. And, and then once I was a, um, a teenager, like many of us, I was, had a lot of repressed anger, <laughs> you know, to deal with. And yeah, it was just a lot of, um, what what many you know clients that I work with experience, which is like we have unpredictable caregivers. You know, um, maybe there's neglect. Maybe there's you know maybe there's not even like a big T trauma. Maybe it's just a, a lot of people I work with. It's like this little T, right? It's called diffuse complex trauma, where it's like a bunch of little things. You know, a bunch of little neglect or a bunch of little emotional verbal abuse that happens over and over over again throughout the span of our of our childhood and. A lot of us, you know, we learn that we like, there's either so much conflict in the family or, you know, so much stress already in our caregivers is we learn to make ourselves really small and really reserved because we don't want to be, you know, another point of stress, you know, for our family or for our caregivers, or it's, we, we make ourselves small and reserved because we want to, it, it makes us feel like that's, what's going to keep me safe because that's going to avoid, you know, any type of emotional eruption from a caregiver. Yeah, no, that's so, so true. And I, I just, I can totally relate to this because I remember when I was a child, um, I used to, you know, people would tell me all the time, oh, you're so sensitive, you know, just get over it or it's not that big of a deal. And for a long time, I thought that my thoughts um, just people didn't care about them. So I would shut down, I would be quiet, I would not say anything. And you know, years later, now those thoughts and how I thought as a child, they became so real to me now as an adult. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just following me everywhere. And not only do I have to now deal with it in my personal relationships, but also in business relationships and any type of relationship that I have moving forward, you know, these are things that sometimes come up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to figure you out because we cannot continue to, to act like this in every relationship. And it is still something that I struggle with today, which is why I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm doing what I need to do um, to nip it in the bud now. So it doesn't continue to re reoccur. Um, and, you know, I say all that to say for you, what were some of the things that you realized that were really transitioning over into adulthood um, that you believed were going to help you reshape this new version of you? Hmm. You know, it has became blaringly obvious to me, especially through my, my marriage and my divorce was like, 
my inner child was just running the freaking show. <laughs> it was just front and center. And I just didn't realize it. Um, you know, and, and once I, once I really got so real about the reparenting work and, um, you can tell me if this answers your question, this is where my head went, which is like, what really got real for me is like, and I, this is now what I take clients through is like, we have to go through this process of unfusing from the wounded inner child so that our come from and our relationships can be from our, you know, regulated, integrated adult self. And mm -hmm. um, for, for those of you that, if you don't know, if your inner child's running the show, it, it can look a lot like really dramatic reactions, <laughs> you know, because the inner child inside that's trying to get your attention, um, it can often feel like this inner frustration or like you feel, you can feel the sense of feeling really alone, which are really just like the feelings of your inner child, because she wants you to, she wants you to connect with her. Um, she needs your care. She needs your love. She needs your support. Um, she actually needs you to become, I like to say it like this, become the secure parent that perhaps she never had. Mm. Right. And so it's like developing your divine father, developing your divine mother inside of yourself so that you learn how to not only nurture, but protect, you know, your inner child. And, you know, in relationships, especially in transitions and stuff, you know, that looks like seeing when something, understanding when something is toxic and re-traumatizing, right? For the little girl. And this is what happened to me in my divorce. It's like, I mean, you better believe I did everything possible to, to, to try to make it work until it became so obvious that every single time I would engage, it would just like send me into the, it would be re-traumatizing. It would just send me into anxiety, mm. it would send me into freeze for three, four days. And it just became this, it was so exhausting. You know, you, you'll, you'll hit a point. <laughs> I hit a point where it was just, I don't have any energy left like for this. Like I actually became so clear. I actually had to choose my own wellness and my own health because I could see it was just every time I tried to engage, it's like, I can't keep my body in the, the, these prolonged states of anxiety and these prolonged states of, um, overwhelm. I could tell, I could, I could barely eat, you know, I could like, it was all I could do to sleep at night. You know, it's just like, it, it became very much, you feel like you're in survival mode. And yeah. I remember listening to a bunch of trauma experts and they say, when you're, um, say this for anyone that that's listening that has gone through healing the core wound of abandonment, you know that it's incredibly, incredibly intense. And I remember, I mean, I was taking in all this information, trauma experts and polyvagal theory and the nervous system. And just remember hearing a trauma expert say, you know, as a baby, if we were abandoned, we would die. So mm. as an adult, if you experience that re-triggering of that core wound of abandonment, biologically, it can feel like starvation and death. Mm. That is exactly what it felt like for me. And it wasn't until somebody gave me the words like to, cause I was like, wow, I can feel that this is like so much more dramatic and intense than like anything I've ever been through or any any, any breakup. And, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's what's happening. It, it literally feels like starvation and death. And it's kind of like all you can do to keep your head above the water. And all of my work honestly has been like birthed from 
that experience. And, and uh, I can see now it's like, wow, all the pain really had such a, such a purpose. It really spiraled me into my Dharma. Wow. That is so powerful. And, you know, I've, I haven't talked to a ton of trauma experts, but one thing that I do know is just from talking to the the few that I have, um, we can't heal where we're wounded. It just, it doesn't happen. We can't heal in that same space. Um, and I would love to know, you know, from you and the clients really that you've worked with, what have been some practical steps that you have essentially led or help them along this journey um, just to make sure that they're continuously reparenting themselves and they're not falling back into those childhood trauma moments? Hmm. That's a great question. And it's so like the way my mind works now, I, I see everything from the perspective of the nervous system. And so like, I really see like, you know, you being able to understand how the nervous system works and how that's related to your inner child, how that's related to your ability to handle emotional intensity and set boundaries, you know, and, and how it's related to your attachment style. It's, it's all so interconnected. Um, but what feels relevant to, I mean, I'll give you my three main points in my TEDx talk, which is like really practical things that, um, you have to do, like, especially to get out of that freeze, if you're in overwhelm and, you know, you just tend to isolate, you tend to be sad, depressed, you want to disconnect, you want to avoid, you want to withdraw. Um, here's three things that you absolutely have to do. The first one is, um, is actually turn all of your anger into power. (laughs) Mm. And what I mean by that is we have to develop this healthy relationship with our sympathetic nervous system, which can look like anger. It can look like anxiety, right? Um, being able to develop this capacity to be with emotional intensity and run it through the body because, most, a lot of people that have that default of freeze, you know, um, as a kid, whatever was over, they would go into overwhelm and then they would just go into shutdown, you know? And and so learning to be with sympathetic charge in the body, um, is a big one, which in other words, I could say turning your anger into power because every single time you can transmute anger, you could, you can express anger in a healthy way through the body every single time on the other side of that, you'll find your power. So I would say that's number one. <laughs> number two, you ready for number two? <laughs> ready. I'm ready. <laughs> is unwinding uh, pelvic rigidity through movement. And I, I would even say unwinding rigidity in the pelvis by finding pleasure through movement. And I mm. and I'll explain why this is. It's because like. Tell me you, why. Tell me more. <laughs> so much. I can tell you. I'll just try to keep it succinct. Um, but if you, if. If we understand how the nervous system works and, and what we know now is that the vagus nerve, which is in charge of our relaxation response, it, we have branches that go all the way down to the pelvic bowl for women, all the way down to the cervix. And so if you're listening and you have really tight pelvis and spine and hips, and you can't really quite like circle your pelvis, pelvis around, like it's a physical manifestation. Is that how I see it? Of like, the freeze response of that little girl or inner child inside being really overwhelmed. And so being able to beginning to move your body in these nonlinear ways, it looks a lot like circular movement and, and spirals. Yeah. So that's number two. So we have turn anger into power. We have um, unwinding pelvic rigidity through movement. 
And then number three is really overcoming our resistance to connection and learning how to co-regulate with people. So connection, like being able to get over yourself and get past your own resistance and past the excuse of I'm too tired because that's what the excuse always is whenever we're in freeze um, and understand that what our nervous system actually needs and also what the inner child needs is connection. And when we have social nervous systems. And so when we're in the presence of people that we find safe and trustworthy, uh, it really gives our, our nervous systems new imprints of connection and and you'll relate to this, any trauma, right, that you've ever had has been in connection, right? Mm -hmm. So it needs to be healed in connection. Mm. No, thank you for that. Because I, I know there's so many people that need to reparent themselves um, that are listening as well. And I think it's important that, you know, they do understand the steps that it takes and I would say, too, to just be patient with yourself. I know, you know, there may be some people on here as well who have partners or who are in relationships. What is what is some advice you would give those particular individuals um, that are kind of now learning that they have this type of style that they really need to um, they really need to focus on um, and remove some of these pillars so they can have a healthier relationship with their partner or their children? Uh mm -hmm. Uh, really simply, it's like learn how to self-regulate and learn how to co-regulate, you know, with other people. And if you tend to be more on, if you're somebody that runs more anxious, then your job is to learn how to self-regulate. So learn how to get comfortable being in your own energy, know what your own energy feels like, you know, um, mm -hmm. get, get comfortable processing your own emotions on your own. Um, because those of us that tend to run anxious, we we tend to want to project it and blame and and get the other person to fix it for us. And so those of us that run anxious can look a lot like asking your partner incessant questions, always seeking more information. It can look like blaming them, you know, complaining. It can look like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So learning how to self you know, getting comfortable, like what does my own energy feel like when I'm grounded, centered and regulated so that I have a chance at understanding what's happening to my system, what's mine and what's not mine when I come into connection with someone else. Right. Mm. So that's. So that's those, anxious. Those, 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 the those, opposite. Yeah. Those that, that tend to, and, and anxious is, was going to look more like a fight response. You know, it's more mm -hmm. of that sympathetic side of the system, of the nervous system. Um, those of us that tend to run uh, avoidant, you know, that's more, it can be more of a flight response, but in its uh, extreme stages can look like a freeze, right? So um, those that tend to have avoidant tendencies, it's like you need to withdraw, you always need your space, you want to um, isolate, you want to disconnect. Uh, it's the withdrawal, you know? And so those that tend to do that, what your partner needs, and, and typically they, there are a lot of times with someone that runs anxious, right? Uh, what that, what you need to learn how to do for those of you that run avoidant is you have to learn how to co-regulate, which means in real time, identifying what you feel and being able to communicate that to your partner. And that can sound like 
Hey, listen, like I, my heart is racing. Like, I feel like I I'm so overwhelmed. Like I just need to take some space to, and, and I want to, you're important to me. I'm going to come back to this conversation, but I just need to go take care of my body. You know, it can be as simple as that it could be 30 seconds, <laughs> 60 seconds of just uh here's what's happening in my body. I'm going to come back, you know, because oftentimes the, when that runs anxious, all they really need is like a moment of presence and a moment of reassurance. Right. And yeah, so that's, that's in, in general, big broad stroke on attachment styles <laughs> and the and nervous. What if you're a little bit of both? What does oh, that yeah, look like? A fun combination of disorganized. Right. Uh, then it's like developing, um, you know, sometimes you might run anxious, sometimes you might run avoidant. So what it takes is really developing felt sense in the body. And what I mean by that is your somatic awareness, your body awareness, because if you think like, you know, whatever attachment style you're talking about, it correlates with the state of the nervous system. And if we don't have that felt sense and we don't have enough somatic awareness to identify that moment you go into anxiety, right? Or the moment you go into overwhelm, um, then you're just probably going to keep bulldozing over your body and your nervous system, right? And unable to communicate like what's going on. And so the that's a lot of the work around, you know, somatic therapy and, and what I do with clients is like, because most people honestly have been in survival states for a very long time. And most people dissociate, you know, like that, because that's what's been happening since childhood, you know? And so it's, okay, how can we, how can we begin become, I like to say masters of our own energy and understand that like where our attention goes, our energy is going to go. You, we can't control our triggers. I, I really like to drive that point home for people so that especially the, the real um, self-critical, self-blaming people, we can't control what our nervous system responds to as threat. You know, that is completely dependent on your trauma, on my past imprints. You know, it's, it, we don't have any power there, but where we have power is identifying the moment, you know, in the body through physical sensation when we go into dysregulation, because if we can identify it, then we can effectively do what we need to do to discharge that energy and, and bring ourselves back to a regulated state. Right, right. Okay. I like this. Mm -hmm. I'm look. I'm I'm learning with y'all. Not it's not just everyone who's listening. It's me too. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Now, my next question is: How does this correlate with the work that you do now with your clients? Like, and what does that process look like for your clients for them to actually see quick wins or results? Yeah. Uh, so what I do now, what I require all of my clients to go through now is a, a protocol called the safe and sound protocol. It was created by Dr. Stephen Porges. He's the, the scientist that came up with polyvagal theory, which is just this revolutionary perspective of how we understand the nervous system to work. Um, and what the safe and sound protocol is, is an acoustic intervention for the vagus nerve. And so it helps the nervous system optimize its ability to regulate itself. It builds capacity and resilience in the system and helps us begin to navigate from a place of safety versus a place of defense. And 
for a while, I made it optional for people until I just kept seeing the results of everyone that was doing the safe and sound protocol alongside the somatic reparenting work, their capacity and their resilience and their recovery would just get better so much faster. And so it's meant to be the the safe and sound protocol. It's meant to be in conjunction with another therapy. And so I pair it with the somatic reparenting work. And so doing that alongside uh, of somatic reparenting work, I just see it be highly effective for people because we're the, the SSP is giving the system physiological cues of safety, right? And then we're doing the, the deeper trauma work of, you know, retrieving any parts of the inner child that might be, I like to say, emotionally frozen in time, you know? where the, where the mm-hmm. nervous system got disrupted, understanding, you know, what are the feelings of, you know, these different parts of your inner child? What are the unmet needs that you need to begin to meet? And, you know, how does she want you to check in with her, you know, very regularly because consistency and reliability is massive in developing mm. trust between you and your inner child. Wow. That part, consistency. I think that's one thing you know, that doesn't happen often, especially when you're doing this inner work. Like sometimes it's hard to be consistent with it because it's, it forces you to dig deeper. And a lot of the times when you're digging deeper, you're finding more and more things about you that you don't want to continue to go through, (laughs) but you, you have to, you have to go through it to grow through it. Um, So that's, that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for that. And Queen, thank you so much for tuning in. It truly warms our heart that you're taking the time out of your day to connect with us. If you'd like to connect with our guests further, you can find their information located in the description section of this episode. And if you found this episode helpful, share with another queen and don't forget to connect with the Holistic Sister Circle on Instagram and Facebook. And until next week, stay blessed. Mwah.